live streamers, um, I don't want to forget about you because we know you're out there, and we thank you for stopping whatever you're doing this morning to take time to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, if you need a title, my title is Living Sober. I wanted to say living sober in a drunk world, but I didn't think that was right. <laughs> I did. But now I've said it over the airwaves, but it's really just living sober. <laughs> All right, let's pray and we'll get started. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we bless you for this day that we can gather together, Father, in freedom and liberty, Father God, to worship our Lord to glorify you, to magnify you, Lord God. We're never ashamed of the gospel, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, for this time, for the Holy Spirit. He will be the teacher. He'll be the direction that we're going to go. He's going to lead us and guide us. He'll be able to correct us if we need correction, Lord. He'll be able to discipline us. And he, his whole manner is to instruct and to help us and to comfort us as we purpose to grow in Christ. We thank you for it and we bless you for it. And everybody that can agree with that said, Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James this morning and I'll just make a reference to other translations, but I'll stay with the New King James this morning. So let's start in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 19. Now, in my Bible, the subtitle is The New Man, because this is what we're going to talk about, about sobriety. We're talking about spiritually living sober and living the life that God really created us for. Amen. He didn't create us for a life of worry and anxiety and troubles. He didn't. He didn't. He did not create us for a life like that. Thank you, Adam. But he restored us, and he brought us back so that we can still live the life that he always saw from the very beginning for us to live. Amen. So it says this in verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of, and it tells you, it goes right down and tells you why these things are happening to them. It says, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, we never want to get there, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Listen. That is not the life that we're supposed to be living. That was the church he was talking to. Those were the saved ones, the ones that had just um, received Christ and were supposed to be walking in that new way of living, which they were being taught just like we're being taught. There's, if you, you know, if we go to, if we're involved in a ministry that actually will stand up and give the word of truth on a regular basis, there's no excuse that we can't get it. There's no excuse that we can't grab it. There's no excuse that we can't receive it. I've heard it too many times over the years. I can't get it. It's too much. It's too hard. No, it's not. 
You're taking it a, a word at a time, a piece at a time, a service at a time. It's not too hard. Here's what it takes. It takes submission that will put you into commitment. And I, I decided a long time ago, and, and I actually confess this to myself a lot, that Jesus paid for a, a forgiven life, and he paid for a risen life for me. Therefore, I can turn back a surrendered life to him. That's the risen life, and that's the forgiven life that I've been given. So I'm going to surrender that life back. I can do this, and it's not going to be difficult, and it will not be hard, and it's never going to be too much, and it's never going to come a day that I'm going to say I've had enough. Why do I know that? Because I stay under that submission, and it brings me into committing, to commitment. And that's why, and I know that. But here's what the Greek says about being sober. <laughs> See, we think about being sober. We think in the natural. We think worldly. We're not talking about this this morning. This is all about a spiritual life, a life given to us in Christ, and, and getting acquainted with that life and getting comfortable enough in that life that we can understand and realize when we're not giving ourselves to that life. The other day I got up <laughs> and, and see the whole, this is the Holy Ghost. I would never be able to even catch this correction if I was not under the word. If I was not under the authority of the word, this would have gone right on by me. I got up and I had stayed up all night in pain. And when I got up, I said out of my mouth just to myself, well, another day I'm getting up in pain. And the Holy Ghost says to me right away, says, Hugh Ellen, your life is not a life lived in pain. Your life is a life lived in me. You have the risen life. You have the forgiven life. I hear you say this constantly. Why are you talking like you get up in pain? I'm not in pain because that is not my life. I'm not in pain. I'm not getting up in pain. I'm getting up in Christ. I'm getting up um, in the heavenly places far above pain when it attacks me. I mean, that was a correction for me, but I'm sharing it with you because I received that correction. And you know, this is a sober life. You have to be sober. And this is what the Greek says. The Greek says that the sobriety biblically that it talks about in the word of God is being free of the intoxications of life. See, that was going to become an intoxication if I let it. Now I got to walk in pain today. I got to live in pain. Everything I do today, it's got to be done in pain. Do you, can you see this? That was wrong. That's wrong thinking, and that's wrong living if I had got up and gone that way. If I'd have got up and gone that way, and that's my thinking in pain, that is not my life in pain. If you're going to say your life's in something, you better make sure it's in what's in here. Because that's not my life. And also it says that you are also about if when you have sobriety, biblical sobriety, that you honestly are able to recognize the flesh and put the flesh away. 
See, first you've got to recognize the flesh, then you've got to put that flesh down. Who doesn't have flesh? That was my flesh the other day. That was my flesh leading me in a way, mm, not good. Not good. Amen? So I want us to think about what Ephesians 4, 17 to 19 says right here. It gives us a progression of how we can either walk back into that old way of living. I had an old way of living. I thought I was doing pretty good with it. But it wasn't anything like the life in Christ. I mean, it was a, it was a decent life. I can't say it wasn't because it was. I don't have any horror stories to stand up here and tell you. Like the woman that <laughs> she's in heaven now and she'd tell me all the time, why don't you ever get in the pulpit and tell us something that really happened to you? And I'm thinking, do you just want me to get up here and say something terrible? Is that what, you know, um, feeds you? The reason people get in the pulpit and tell about their old way of life is because they've been delivered out of that old way and now they have a testimony about it. They're testifying to what God, they're glorifying God. They're not up here, you know, glorifying the devil. If, if, only, if the only thing we ever talk about is what didn't work and all the bad things that did happen, we got to realize we're just giving place to the enemy. We're just exalting him. We're just glorifying him. We're magnifying him. And that's not who we are. Amen? Um, turn with me to 1 Peter 1.13. There is, I mean, this is just, I'm just going to give you a few scriptures this morning. But honestly, there is so much in the word of God about our life, our life in him. Not in the trouble, not in pain, not in sorrow, not in disappointment, not in discouragement, not in hopelessness, which all those things come around us. All of them come around. That's not our life. But if we're not living sober, we'll fall right on into that. Because I could have fallen into that. But I didn't because of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. It says in one thirteen. it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Did you know our mind has loins? Our, our, our mind is like strung out there. Like if we could just see our mind, <laughs> I bet, there's, I bet those, that mind is attached to this thing and that thing and the other thing. And we're thinking, I wonder why we can't just get over this. Well, it's uh, gone out there and attached itself. I mean, really. That's not sober living. So easy to be caught up. Oh, it says, gird up the loins of your mind. You know, take them back. Take your mind back. I remember when I first got saved, Pastor Morgan and I thought about things. You know, you can only think about things you know about and what you know about them. And so we had things we thought about in business, in other, in personal things and all that. And we started sitting under the word. And the word would come and this would be our conversation on the ride home. We don't know God. I mean, that's our whole conversation in the car. Christy can testify to that. It was our whole conversation. We don't know God. How is it that we were born and raised in the church, never left the church? We don't know God. Well, as we grew, it answered that question. <laughs> but, 
But you know, it, it was a real question to us. We were just like, how is it that we miss this and 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 that these are, this is all the will of God and we don't know that. But praise God. Praise the Lord. We got hungry. We got thirsty. And God began to give us the answers. God began to show us this sober living. We didn't call it that way back then. We didn't, we didn't know what to call it, but we knew this is a different way of life. And the only people that we knew at that time that were trying to, you know, purpose to live that life were the people in the body. Because that's who we came next to. That's the love, the support we had. And um, we could see people really running for God. They brought their kids to run for God, their families to run for God. There was no excuse about not running for God. We watched, don't get nervous, but we watched in those days parents bring their children in their pajamas for night meetings with sleeping bags because they were not going to walk out from what God was doing. That spoke to Pastor Morgan and I. We didn't understand it, but we're like, well, there's something real here. There's something real. I mean, th this isn't just, you know, wham, bam, and see you, see you next week. This is really something going on here. Amen. Glory to God. And we got in on it. Praise the Lord. And here we are today. Thankful, thankful, thankful. So it says, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There will be grace brought once we get a revelation of Jesus. You know, now, because I've been in the Word so long, I've had some revelations. Not all, but some. And in those revelations, grace. I just had grace brought to me the other day when I stayed up all night in pain. All night, I stayed up in pain. Now, was that the right way to think about it? But that's what I thought about all night until in the morning when the Spirit of God said, you're in Christ. That's where you live. You don't rise up in pain and go out in pain. And because I took that, the grace of God came. The grace of God came. And today, praise God, I'm walking right through that thing. Right through it. I'm walking right through it, y'all. Right through it, right in front of you, right now. And if I didn't tell you about it, you wouldn't even know it. Because do you see any difference in me? No. I still have the joy. I still have the, the knowledge of God, the understanding. I still have the hope. That that is not my life. So therefore, I'm not going to sit down in it, and it will not stay. It will be brought under my feet. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So we want to look at these things because if you don't, when, when you think about your mind, you can only do this, and I can only do it for me. The perception, the perception of our mind. When I'm... Um, 
alone in the house. I don't have noise and everything distracting me. I want to know what I'm thinking. I want to know what the thoughts that are coming through my head. I want to know, am I, are my thoughts on Christ or are they on this problem, this little situation, this thing over here, boom, 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 I'm over here just, I'm just going nuts because I'm just zing, zing, zinging all the time. Or am I still in him? And that's how the Holy Spirit caught me that morning. He caught me. And he showed me that. And you know what? I agree with that. I know that. But yet, I let that thing get on me. I let it distract me. Because when your mouth starts talking like that, you're distracted. You got to be honest with yourself. I got to be honest with myself. I got distracted, but praise the Lord. I took the, I girded up the loins of my mind and I snatched that thing right back. Because you're not going to captivate me like that. That's not our life. 1 Corinthians 15 34. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Okay, here, here it is, 1534. Awake, wake up, be alert, be aware, stay with it. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. And this is why he was doing that. They're being taught. You know, they're being taught, they're being ministered to. They're being shown by example. Come on. They're being shown by example. This is the way you are to live. This is the way you are to go. They've been talked to about their mind. They've been talked to about, you know, living sober, which we're going to get into a couple more scriptures. But they've been talked to about this stuff. And you know what? I wrote this down because I thought about this. Because, you know, we're in Florida. We have storms. Let's be real. And I thought about this, and I thought, you know, do I, in Florida, you have to have an understanding of how to weather a storm. You need an understanding. You can't just go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Because, you know what, I remember this. Pastor Newton, I'm going to tell this because this is a good thing. But i got to tell this on you because I don't even know if I ever told you this. When Charlie came... All those years ago, what, 18, 19 years now? So it was a bad storm, too. It was quicker and it was tighter, but it was just as devastating. It trashed our community. Well, I remember, of course, we had no electricity at our home, nothing. And we got in the car later on, I think the next day, and we rode over to Pastor Bob and Pastor Ned's. And here's Pastor Bob and Pastor Ned. They've got the, the grill out on their front steps. And they're eating steak. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm like, they're eating steak. <laughs> to this day, I don't eat steak. But that day, she said, y'all want a steak? I can throw one on the grill. I'm like, yeah, we do want a steak. And so we sat outside with everything trashed around us. But there it was, a perfectly good meal. And I thought about that. I thought, Pastor Nid, what, that was prepared. That, was, that showed preparedness. And that I know that was in the natural, but what have we stored up spiritually? 
What am I storing up spiritually? We've got to know what do we store up so that when the storms of life come, we can weather them. We can weather them. Because you know what? There's not going to be impact windows spiritually. There's not going to be a lot of plywood spiritually. You and I have to be prepared in here. I heard a man one time, I don't know who it was now, but it had to be a, a minister that I listened to. I only listened to, I think, three besides here. And um, he said, I remember him preaching, and he made a really good um, um, what should I say, point. He took his Bible and he held his Bible and he says, it's not about what you have in your hand, it's about what you have in your heart. He held up his Bible and he says, it's not about what you have in your hand, but it's about what you have in your heart. And you know that's true. That is true. When it all comes right down to the rubber meeting the road, it is about what is it that we've stored up? What is it that has lodged in us? What is it that's taken root and is growing? That will be enough. That was enough the other day, morning for the Holy Spirit to be able to say a few words to me and get me back. Because until then, there was a little suffering going on. I'm just saying, there was. But once I had the Holy Spirit come rise up in me, I knew that I knew that's right. My life is not in pain. I don't rise up in pain. I don't go to bed in pain. And I don't lay there in the middle of the night in pain. Thank you, Jesus. That, that was a lie. And I was, you know, giving myself to it. Actually, I even said it out my lips. <laughs> that wasn't truth. So I could have held on to that or... I had to let that lie go, let that fact go, and I had to take up with the truth that you're right. My life is in Christ. It is a surrendered life. It is a forgiven life, and it is a risen life far above what is coming against me. Far above. Amen? So, uh, anyway, I wrote these things down about waking up. You wake up, you, it also it's translated sober up. You have to be aware of your thoughts and you have to have your senses under control. Because when attacks come and trouble comes, if you haven't already done this, you're going to have a hard time in the middle of the storm when you're supposed to be sober. You know, in, in Florida, they always laughed about hurricane parties, and all they were were drunken parties. But you know what? That's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be when you need to be staying sober to weather something and you don't have your faculties about you. Seriously, seriously dangerous. And we don't want to be like that spiritually. We don't want to be the one that says, why didn't you? Why didn't you, Lord? Why didn't you? And I'll be honest with you. If you're the one that questions that all the time, every time something doesn't go right, right away, you probably don't have what you need in here because you don't talk like that to God. <laughs> you just don't. You, don't. you don't do that. 
because you're, you know, you're, you're in the Word, and the Word will speak to you. The Word will pull you where you need to be. Yeah. That Word will actually sober you up. It really will. It'll, it'll get you to wake up, to pay attention, give your attention, and get serious about the things of God. This is a great life. It's even, I can even say it's been a fun life to me. But there, it's also a sobering, serious life. You have to pay attention to it. And you have to purpose to live it, not just let it run you over. Because, you know, it will run you over if you let it. But you don't have to let it. You can be in control of your senses. You can be, um, you know, you can have your mind submitted to the things of God, stayed on the things of God so that life and peace really are present. I mean, I can sense that in my life, and I can sense when it isn't. I can sense it, and I will receive correction. I had no problem with the Holy Spirit talking to me like that. I mean, no problem. That was total correction. I totally was not where I should be at all. Amen? So we have to think about that. What have I stored up? What are we storing up? Uh, where do we get our life from? Where, where do we get our life from? How do we live our life? Where do we live that life? Um, who do we live the life with? And where do we live that life? Are we in him or aren't we? The best little book that someone ever gave me was the in him book. Oh, my gosh. I was like, yeah. Okay, there's the scripture. I, I can see it because it's a scripture. And I can always put it in myself, and I will sow it, and God will grow it. Amen? Yes, absolutely. Titus 2. Titus 2, and let me see where I want to go, though. I don't know if I put this right. Hold on. Titus was a young pastor like Timothy. <laughs> it is, I know. I think I want to go 11 to 14. Verse 11 to 14, Titus 2. It says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, which means right now, right here. It does not matter what's happening around me or out there in the world. I'm still called to live righteously and soberly and godly. It, it doesn't matter about what's going on around me. Now, will it touch me sometimes? It will, but it should not redirect my life. And I've watched it and watched it happen to people. It just, it just throws them for a loop, <laughs> and they can't stick with it. But yet, their way out of it is to stick with God. Yeah. <laughs> it might get a little bumpy sometimes because, you know, God has to deal with other people and what they think and what, they're, what they can do and their authority and their power and all of that. But you know what? It'll always come right when, it's all, when the dust is settled if we're still in him and with him. Amen? 
in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Now, this is what, let me read you what the Phillips and the Amplified say about this kind of sober life. This is what it says about the sober life. This is going to be good news. I mean, it's going to be good news if you take it. If you just, you know, try to, uh, I don't know if I can do that, then it probably won't be, it probably won't be good to you. But the sober life is a responsible life, an honorable life, a God-fearing life, which that's kind of, we got to watch that because you know what? Not everyone has a God-fearing attitude towards the things of God. It's like, eh, grace will take care of it. Oh, maybe I'll do better tomorrow. I know I can still be forgiven. That is not God-fearing. Everyone makes mistakes. That's not God-fearing. That's not God-fearing. A discreet, a self-controlled, here, here it is, and a spiritually whole life in this present world. Spiritually whole. I know I harp on this, but I believe it. Spirit, soul, and body, we could walk right now, right here, whole. The Word says we can. I do not have to wait for heaven to get a better body. I do not have to wait for heaven to get my mind renewed. I do not have to wait for heaven that my soul will be restored. I can walk based on this word in me growing. I can actually walk and hit God's mark, spirit, soul, and body. But is it just a la-la life? No. It takes time. It takes some effort. If I told you how long, you would probably think, what? But this is how I, I do. I'll just share it with you. Um, I sit quietly all by myself. I pray sometimes. Sometimes I just say, Lord, I'm going to sit here. I want you to speak to me. I sit, I can sit for hours, and I don't fall asleep either. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you're totally awake, you're totally aware, and you're just sitting there. And you believe it's his presence, you've invited his presence, you know his presence is within you, and that's what you do. And sometimes I hear specific things, sometimes nothing, but I've fellowshiped with him, and I know I have. I know I have. And that's the way I do. And I make sure that I do that very, very often. And if something happens and I didn't do it, I, re I do. I repent. I say, Father, I didn't do this. And you know how much I love it. You know how much I, I honor you and this time we have together. And I, I want to be with you. I want to. I want to sit quietly with you. I feel like it's an in the garden experience. You walked with Adam where you're sitting with me because this is, this is the way that I chose to come to you and you honor that and I do believe he honors it because I honor it and I'm not going back and forth to the kitchen. I'm not answering the phone. I mean I'm talking. It's just like if he was there physically in the room. I just don't say oh excuse me a minute I feel thirsty. Oh excuse me a minute my phone's ringing. Let me get the door. I don't do that. But it took time to get there. It takes you time to get there. 
but I'm there. And praise God. Praise the Lord. I'm there. So we want to think about being spiritually whole in this present world, in this present age. Right now, right here, we can walk whole before him. I'm not going to wait on heaven. I know I'm going. I know I'm going to get there one day. But I'm not waiting for everything to be right in my life in heaven. I, I want some right right here. You know, I want right right here where I'm living this season of my life out. This season. It's just a season. But God wants us to be spiritually whole. He wants us to have a taste of heaven on this earth. And I believe that's what it is about. It's about spirit, soul, and body in unity, walking in the same direction in the same way. And we can, t and we can have a taste of heaven. We will have a taste of heaven. Amen. Um, Proverbs 23, 19. Glory to God. You just can't outdo God. If you get sober with him and serious, you, you can't outdo him. Life will be all right. Life will come around right. You can't be a quitter. You can't be, I need it in five days or else. I need it in five seconds. I need it in two hours. You can't go at it, things like that. You just can't. You can't because you've already put yourself out of where you need to be. You've already put yourself out. He didn't do it. Yeah. You do it. and I did it. Yeah. See, I did that when I got up that morning and said, okay, I'm getting up in pain. I'm going to walk today in pain. That is not a good confession, and it is wrong. Amen. So Proverbs 23, 19 says this. It says, hear my son and be wise and guide your heart in the way. What way? in the way that we are to go, in the path of righteousness, in the path that God has set before us. Amen? Amen? Here's what it says translated out. It says, in other translations, it says, to guide and direct and keep your mind and your heart. You have to commit yourself, and then you have to give serious thought. Now listen, you have to give serious thought to the way you are living, your way of life. That, I have to do that all the time, don't you? I mean, don't you, don't you have opportunity to be pulled out, pulled away? I'm sure you do. I do. I mean, there's things, people that I respect and that I really like, and they try to, not you, Pastor Ned and Pastor Bob, but I mean, outside of this church, people, lifelong relationships, they don't know it, but sometimes when they talk to me, they, that's a pulling to go another way, to do something else, to think like something else, to maybe consider something else, and I have to recognize it in my mind, and I have to recognize it in my soul, and I have to recognize it in my spirit. I have to know that I know that I know this is not for me. I told you about when we moved into the new neighborhood. People that we know already live in the neighborhood. And I told you that they have um, Sunday afternoon potlucks. Not good. I'll never be to one. Not good. They're not good. Now, the neighbors think they're wonderful, but the spirit of them is not good. So, therefore, 
Pastor Morgan and I will never be a part of the potluck. We wave to them, we, we stop and we talk to them and everything, but we'll never be a part of that potluck. We don't go to that potluck. We don't, you know, put ourselves in that position because I'm living a sober life. I'm staying sober. I'm not going to give a, a foothold to the enemy to draw me off somewhere. It doesn't matter if they think we're odd or talked about, even though they've known us all our life, so they know we're really not. But they're never going to get us there. They want to. <laughs> they want to. They don't understand why not. I, we are not going to be there. Amen? We're not going to be there. Because why? We know better. We know the life that we have in Christ. And that, that um, opportunity is not going to come in and touch that life. Amen? It's not going to touch that life. So we have to think about, will we give serious thought to the way we're living? And that is something you have to guard, I have to guard. And I have to recognize it. Because every relationship that we have opportunity to take up with and be a part of and have it to be, you know, a habit is not always good, not godly, not righteous. Doesn't keep us woke up to the right things. Let's, let's just say it like it is. <laughs> you can't dress that up. It just doesn't wake you up to the right things. It just doesn't. It doesn't feed your life. See, because we're talking about having a spiritual, sober life, a righteous life, a glorious life, a life that will magnify God. Whether we're in this building or outside the building, our life will speak. Our life will speak. And we don't fall in. Because if you fall into the wrong thing, then you fall out of the right thing. And, you know, that's just not a good place to be. It's not a good place to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there, but I want to share something in the offering with you because I think we need to know this. Because, you know, we're talking about a sober life. We're talking about righteous living. And we have to realize that giving and receiving, it is an act of worship. I mean, we have opportunity to give. We have opportunity to receive here. I know we do. But honestly, it's still an act of worship. So I want to share with you um, Proverbs let me see. 3 9. Proverbs 3 9. Before we um, give an opportunity to um, receive an offering. And then we'll close. Proverbs 3 9 says this that we are to honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Well, another, I think it's a Passion Translation, says you can glorify God with your possessions and your wealth. And then you can honor God with the first fruits of all your increase. Well, I know it's easy to just read that and skip over it, but really, that's serious. I can glorify God with my giving, and I can honor Him with my giving. I can look to Him when I give. It's not about any other thing but looking to him. We always say, 
We give because we love him. But I say I give because I want to honor him and I want to glorify God. Why not? If we're living a sober life, if we're supposed to be awaking up to righteousness and we're supposed to keep ourselves in the right position, in the right place, why is it that we can't understand this scripture that says it is important to glorify him and to honor him and that it is an act of worship? It's honorable. That means I don't check my phone. I don't use this time to go to the bathroom. I, you know, I don't talk to my neighbor. I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a time of worship. I've fallen into it too, but it's, I mean, I go to an annual meeting and it happens every time. As soon as they say pass the envelopes out and the opportunity to give, and they teach us. I mean, someone gets up and teaches us. Everybody's just up running around like, I don't get it. We're not dismissed. This is an act of worship. We're still here worshiping God. And, you know, we have to, but you have to purpose in yourself to remember that because it's so easy. Amen? Amen. It's so easy. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We magnify you today, Lord God. One, for your word, Father, and your spirit, Lord God, that you have given to us. You've given it freely. You've given it abundantly, Lord God, so that we can know you, so that we can please you, so that we can honor you and we can glorify you with our lives, Lord God. As we go about in this season of our life, everybody has a season, Lord, that we will glorify and magnify and honor our God. We're never, never, never going to be ashamed of you. We're never, never, never going to draw back from you, Lord God, because we want to honor you. We believe that all of the honor and all of the glory, Father God, belongs to you, Lord, and that we can walk that way, Father. We can walk soberly. We can walk uprightly before you. We can walk righteously, Lord, and we can have the life that you have given, that life that is forgiven and that life that has been risen up, risen up, resurrected, Lord God, right out of the hand of the enemy. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, for the surrendered life. We thank you, Lord God, for the worshipful life and the thankful life, Lord God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 If you want to participate in the offering this morning, there should be an envelope in the seat backs. The ushers will serve you. Live streamers. If you have a desire to sow a seed into the ministry, then you can go to newlifefamilyworship.net. There will be a link there to give. We pray over our offerings. Um, we believe that God is an abundant God. We believe that God is a God of increase and that we do appreciate anything that you do participate. We know it will come back to you because if you sow, then you will reap.